Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. words. So today we are super excited to have Kelly Depew with us. And Kelly is an indie author that we've gotten connected with on Instagram. She has a fantasy series that I've read and loved. <laughs> I actually got to beta read for her most recent one, which was really fun. Um, and she also has a book of affirmations um, for writers, which I love. I like adore this book. <laughs> I feel like it is so encouraging and so helpful and like just what I need on days when I'm just feeling stuck or kind of getting up in my head with all that negative self-talk. And Laura and I talk a lot about limiting beliefs and, and this yes. is like such a good book for that. Like just such a good book for walking you through noticing those things and how to start combating those negative beliefs um, and those negative self, that negative self-talk. Um, so Kelly, thank you for writing your books. And thank you for being here. We are super excited to have you and to just get to talk with you face to face. So thank you. You're very welcome. I'm so happy that you enjoyed it that much. <laughs> I did. And we always start out interviews with asking the question, how did you first connect with story or what's kind of your story about storytelling? I can't even begin to pinpoint the exact time that I started (laughs) loving stories. Um, I was an early reader and I remember like kids on the bus being like, you can't be reading a chapter book, you're a kindergartner. And I'm like, what? You know? (laughs) I think, though, I do have some strong memories of Little House in the Big Woods was maybe one of like the first like chapter books that I loved. And then as I got older, and when I really started thinking about writing stories myself, was when I read The Lioness Quartet by Timora Pierce. I don't know that one. Um, I don't either. Oh, you would love it. It's so good. I'm writing that down right now. (laughs) It was written in like probably the 90s or something. So it's, you know, not Mm -hmm. as maybe flashy as like some YA is now, (laughs) Uh, but I like still reread it. So, and I just remember seeing, because it's very kind of Mm feministy. And I just remember being like, oh, wow, like girls can be this way. And I was kind of excited by that. Yeah. And then shortly after that, I think I wrote like my first story in a composition notebook. Um, Do you remember what that first story was about? I can remember that there was a character named Maddie and she was like orphaned or something, I guess. (laughs) And there was something with magic. Uh, But I also wrote a story that was like this horror that was like turning into like an afterlife story or something. And I think if my family had read it, they would have been like, what is (laughs) going on with her? Yeah, those were like my earliest stories that I can remember. How did you get from there? Or like, what made you decide that you wanted to be a writer? I think it was just, I mean, I devoured books when I was younger. I, I still love books, but I don't quite devour them like I did when I was a teenager (laughs) or a a preteen even. And I just always wanted to connect with people in that way. I guess I'm like an INFJ, so I don't really connect. (laughs) Like I connect really well on Instagram because it's like pictures and words right yes um and then in real life I'm like oh god there's people here (laughs) (laughs) I get that (laughs) I feel like it was just my way of like sharing my truth with the world in a way that felt kind of safe and good Um, and it still very much feels that way I can so relate to that (laughs) yes 
used to carry a book around with me everywhere just so I wouldn't have to talk to people. <laughs> I can admit to doing that too on many occasions. I, I think finding ways that you can do that and connect with people in a way that does feel comfortable, then that fi- you find your people and then can kind of find other ways of connecting. And I, what I loved about the Affirmations book is that you seem to learn about how you worked and then you shared that with others. And as I was reading it, being able to see kind of how you went about doing the introspective work really helped me kind of open those doors. Yeah. And I, I was wondering, do you mind chatting a little bit about the affirmations and like the story connected as part of, I know the introduction in the book kind of goes into that about how you started that as a practice and what you do with it now. Is, is that all right? Yeah. Um, so when I first started using affirmations, I was using other people's affirmations mm-hmm. and it was okay. Like you see on Instagram, lots of people post affirmations or affirmation like things and it was okay, but it didn't feel great. Like it wasn't like, yeah. this is like changing my life. And then I started thinking about like, how can I use these better? Yes. <laughs> and that's when I started creating my own to really specifically pinpoint things that um, were limiting me. And the main thing that was limiting me was that this idea that like, I can't be successful as a writer. Mm because how in the world, like why in the world would any agent pick me out of the thousands and thousands of queries that they get every day or, you know, whatever it is. And then um, I started freelance writing blogs, which is like not what I want to do with my life, but it's, you know, (laughs) it's writing at least. absolutely. Um, (laughs) And, you know, people were paying me to ghost write blogs. And I was like, wow, like I never in a million years would have thought that I could go onto a freelance website and find work doing writing. Um, And at that time it was like literally kind of desperation that pushed me to do it because I was like, I need to make money for my family. And so it was like this eye-opening experience. And I was like, well, if I have been telling myself all of this time that I couldn't do this thing, right? This freelance Mm -hmm. thing, then like, what else am I wrong about? Like, there's probably a hundred things that I'm wrong about that I tell myself I can't do. And of course, the first one that came to mind was writing fiction and making money writing fiction. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. use the affirmations specifically with that belief because it still comes up. It's not like, oh, like I realized this thing and now I'm like 100% ready to go. Like it just it resurfaces, it bubbles. So a lot of the affirmations were like, I can do this. I can run a business. I can write books. I'm allowed to share books, whether or not they have someone else's seal of approval, you know, like I'm giving myself permission where I would probably normally seek permission through the affirmations. So yeah, that's so relatable. And I think that's such a common limiting, (laughs) limiting belief that, that we can't be successful and make money at writing that and I feel that all the time. Like there's so much, so many other people doing it so much better. There's so much competition. Why is anyone going to want to read my book? Why is anyone going to pick me? Why is any agent or, you know, like, and even if I do like self-publish, oh, I'm not going to make money at it or no one's going to actually buy those books or, you know, like there's yes. so much buried in that belief. And it's so hard to crawl out of that. But when you start, I think one of the things I loved in that introduction too, is you talk about how those limiting beliefs then become almost self-fulfilling prophecies. Because if I believe I'm not going to, 
well, it's not going to be worth it. Then I don't even bother to pursue it. Um, And you really have to start turning around that belief first that, hey, I can actually be successful at this. And that success can look however I want it to look. And then that's when you can start actually taking steps towards reaching those goals or towards doing things that you love or towards making your life the way you want it to look. So, yeah, yeah. I think another thing that I realized, because once I started writing, then I started editing for this company that I work for. Um, And when I started editing, I realized like there are so many people doing this that aren't as skilled as I am. Not that that makes them bad at what they do. It's just, you realize that there's a spectrum out there of people who some of them are better than me and some of them maybe not quite as good. And they're making money doing it only because they have the audacity (laughs) to do it. (laughs) And I feel like it's also the same, like I've read plenty of, you know, traditionally published and not traditionally published books that I'm like, "Hmm, like maybe I could, I don't even know. I don't know that I could be better, but I'm like, this like, isn't what I was expecting. You know, it's not like the quality level that I was expecting from it, or it's not like gripping me the way I I was hoping. So I think it's just a lot of it has to do with just putting yourself out there. Totally. It's scary. It is. (laughs) It's terrifying. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, terrifying. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so good to like, I think affirmations have also helped me to realize like there are, there's a reader for everything. So yeah, like I might read something and be like, yeah, this wasn't really for me or I wasn't expecting that or this you know I feel like I could do this better or whatever but that just means that that book wasn't for me it doesn't mean you know like there might be a lot of other people out there but I think so often I start to think that like I can't write anything that anyone's gonna want to read and that's where I'm like oh wait no like there's a reader out there for me or there is you know there there is is that place so I I have just found your affirmations book so so helpful so yeah thank you I'm so happy that was the whole point of it like that book when I wrote it was not like oh, like I'm going to put this book out there and a million people are going to read it. And like, I'm going to make so much money or something, right? Like I was like, I kind of want to share this because I think other writers who are struggling with these same things would benefit from knowing like how I create the affirmations and then maybe like some examples of mine. Yes. I think that was really helpful too, that you didn't just share your affirmations and your story. You also gave people a really some really clear, good information on how to make their own and some good questions to start asking yourself and to help you figure out where to start. Okay. So I have a question for you and you don't have to answer this, but do you have an affirmation that you're using right now? That's particularly meaningful for you in this. Oh, sure. Let's see. I write affirmations every day. Mm. So sometimes they're really basic, but I'm sending my kids to school and we've homeschooled previously. So a lot of them yeah. don't relate to writing. They're just like, it's going to be okay. Like yes. you believe, you believe in your children. They're resilient. You're resilient, like that kind of stuff. But also just because I'm at this new stage now where I have two books out plus the affirmations book. So two fiction, one nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard to keep going when your stuff isn't necessarily gaining traction yet. And I know like, that's a really normal thing and that there are things I can do to gain traction and, you know, I've got plans, but, uh, (laughs) like it's hard to just keep pushing through without like feedback and people telling you they like the book and stuff like that. Um, So a lot of it is just like, it's okay that you're where you are and this is your stage and your season and that kind of stuff. I think that is so common though. Like there's so many writers you hear about that. Right. I mean, we just talked to another writer who had 
what was it, 10 books out on submission yeah. before the publishing house actually picked one up? Or, you know, or writers who have published eight books before they finally get some traction and their ninth one makes like, you know, a list yeah. or gets people to read it. And it just feels like so much of writing is that slow process and that slow work and pushing against the resistance in yourself and, and also pushing against those feelings of rejection that can come up with that. And it happens at every single stage, <laughs> like when you're, when you're first writing, like when you have gotten something published or, and when you're a little bit in, like you are, like, I think it, it's so good for all of us to recognize that you keep having to face that and it doesn't just go away. Um, yeah. I think it was like V Schwab who talks about this all the time. Like she's mm. constantly just like racked with this guilt, like yes. sense of like, what am I doing? I still don't know. I've written how many books and I still don't know what I'm doing. Yes. Well, so relatable <laughs> when it's normalized when other when you hear someone else mirror it back that it's not just you you're you're not the only one who has to battle your mind every <laughs> single day and and kind of remind yourself the truth it isn't that process of oh we magically have like this elixir and then we don't have to do anything ever again it's that it's the daily kind of managing of it and especially from an affirmation standpoint, I like that you said that, you know, it's a daily thing where you do have to evaluate, okay, what, what affirmation do I even need today? And it's almost like having to stop and take a moment and be like, okay, where am I at? How am I feeling? Like doing the check-in work. And that's so, I think it's important that we say that to each other and that we remind ourselves, okay, like not every day is the same day. Not every day is the same struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really what it looks like in the morning when I check in. I'm like, okay, like, how am I even feeling right now? <laughs> and like, what is gonna, it's kind of like anticipating roadblocks, right? Like what is going to get in my way of having a productive day today? And, you know, it's not all like rainbows and sunshine, right? Like <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> sometimes an affirmation might just be like, I can get through today. I can survive this, this day. Yes. <laughs> That's such a good practice. So in this new season with your kids at school, Mm -hmm. like what does writing look like for you right now? Like they haven't actually started school yet. Okay. So they start on the ninth. So I still have some time to fret and worry (laughs) about it. Um, So yeah, but I, I am working on a new series. It's a murder mystery set in a non-earth right like a steampunky um, world yeah. okay nice um and then it's got like a bigger story that is gonna overarch all of the the books but each book it will have like a murder mystery element to it so that's so fun nice. so is it a yeah. is it a series of books that you're working on kind of figuring out or is it just the first one of a bigger series like how yeah I'm I- working on the first one now and planning the next ones as I'm kind of going nice um, and I'm hoping that it could be like maybe five books. Nice. I hope I've never written a yeah. series that long, so I don't know. We'll see. How it goes. <laughs> we'll see. Is this your first murder mystery then that you've written? It is. Yeah, it and is. I love I love books with mystery elements. And I just I started reading <laughs> I just started reading cozy mysteries. Ooh. And I had never given mystery the genre like a chance. I was always yeah. just like, I read fantasy and that's like what I do. <laughs> yeah. And why would I read anything else ever? And I just love them. Like I love that they're light and that I'm not like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like sometimes you need that book that like isn't so serious. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
So I've been really enjoying them right now, especially like when you're a little bit stressed out, sometimes it's nice to have something that's a little like not as stressful, (laughs) but this series. So when I wrote the Atheum duology series, Mm -hmm. it was definitely like a book that had been like lingering inside in different maybe forms for a while. And then um, after I've written it, I just felt like this weight and I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like I feel so happy to have this out in the world right now. it like opened up this area of like, okay, like, what do I want to do next? And I was like, I want to do something fun. Mm -hmm. Like I had this, like, not that the witches of Atheum wasn't a fun book, (laughs) but it, it's more serious. And like the themes are, it's very (laughs) themey. Um, and it's, it's just been in there for so long that I feel like it like cleared out all the cobwebs. And now I'm like, I'm going to write something that's just like, going to be like light and fun and airy and so hopefully I pull it off. <laughs> I am here for that. Yeah, I was I saw great. your Facebook that you were working and I'm like, that's right up my alley with the fantasy and the murder and the steampunk. Yeah. Here yeah. for it. So let's talk a little more about your books you've published though, the APM series. Can you share a little bit, yeah, about those books, about the process or kind of what you gained or learned through that? Sure. So I started, I actually wrote the second book first. during a NaNoWriMo and then I was like I want this to be a series but I feel like I need to tell this story about like how the world got this way and like why the rift exists and stuff like that so very unlike me (laughs) I pulled together this first book and like just kind of wrote a draft and then added more point of views and then like it was very like intuitive and just like, this is what I want here. And this is what I want there. And I didn't have a really strong plan for it, but all the time I'm always like, I re-outline my book probably a hundred times before it's finished. And then once I finished that, then I had to kind of rewrite the second book because it like no longer made sense. I think what I learned through the process is that it's never going to go as planned when you're writing. I mean, maybe for some people, but not for me. Um, <laughs> me <it's> just, either. <laughs> I think that's like common, right? Um, it's just going to fall off the rails and you're just going to have to pick it back up and put it back on a different rail and, and get it going there. And I also think what it taught me, I mean, sharing it really taught me that there's like kind of like a catharsis in sharing your writing. Yeah. Even if you know, five people read it or whatever it is. Like there's just this need as a writer to share with even just a couple of people what you've written and have people live in that world a little bit. And like beta feedback, oh, like could I, I love beta feedback. Beta readers are amazing. I think knowing that someone else has lived in your world and that they have like feelings and thoughts and they're sharing those thoughts with you about like oh I loved that character or like that character I really didn't like them (laughs) like they were just jerks or whatever (laughs) like that they have this connection is so valuable and beautiful and that just like really encourages me to like keep sharing your books Kelly because that you want to have that feeling again like yeah I love that feeling too it's such a fun exchange too like I mean it can be painful but it can also be really so encouraging and life-giving to to just be able to talk through your book with someone else and have someone else know these characters in this world and have that interaction with it yeah do you have a set method for sharing with beta readers or do you kind of send it out and and let them decide how they want like how do you approach that side of it 
I usually just send it out and let people kind of do what they want. And I'll ask a couple of questions. I don't try to make it like too strenuous for them because I know it's like their time, you know? Um, but I do, when I get feedback back, I like to kind of read it and like sit with it a minute and then, you know, respond and thank them and all that stuff. But I think with negative feedback, I approach it with the thought that this person is trusting me to fix these things. Cause if they didn't think I could do it, they probably wouldn't even say it. So they believe that I can do this and I believe I can do this. It kind of tried to keep it as positive as possible. And I value that I can make it better now. I I like how you almost turned that feedback into an affirmation. You took that feedback and then said like, no, I I can make this better. Like this person believes in me. Like those are really affirming um, statements, I think. And, And I just love that. And I, I want to have a question for you about which is Vapian though, because you have a lot of point of views, as you mentioned, and it's something that I feel like really stood out to me in that book was that it worked. Like I would generally not recommend someone use so many points of views. And I really liked it. Like I loved, I think particularly because of how well it worked in with the themes and how you followed you followed different women at who were all at very different stages of their lives. And so it gave us this very rich feel of the world and had a lot to say, I think about women's life in general, because you got these glimpses that were not all the typical, you know, why a fantasy, like 16 to 18 kind of like yeah. age range. So I really appreciated that a lot. I think it almost drove me crazy <laughs> because <laughs> it was so hard to keep track of and then like to weave yeah. it together. And then I had all these like extra scenes I had to pull out. But the way I did it was I wrote each of their stories separately. Oh, and then I then I wove them together, which I don't necessarily recommend. <laughs> um, it was a, a bit of a time suck. Mm. But I think the result was good overall (laughs) but I mean I'm happy to hear you say that because I don't I still don't know if I pulled it off right like I'm like oh I hope that worked like do you like why did you make that choice to tell so many of their stories and like will you talk a little bit about that um I just felt like the story was bigger than just just Hannah Uh so you know there were all these other elements and I kept struggling because I was trying to put her places where she wasn't so that Mm -hmm. we could see parts of the story Um, and then I I kind of solved that problem with the whole um, that they need to make the thing that they make at the end they need to make something together and then decided I would follow kind of each of them through and have them each be holding some of that some of the story so they're each kind of holding Mm -hmm. a little piece of like what's going on in anything because it's epic fantasy so it's not it's not just one person's story it's the world's story yeah yeah well and I think the fact that you did weave them all together at the end like really helps that to work too because you kind of you it felt like you were moving towards something and as you brought in these different characters it developed more and more and more until you got to this place where you were like oh I see what was happening yeah well and I know that you had mentioned I think it's on your Instagram but also potentially on Facebook as well that you had written a a beginning to the story, correct, a chapter that ended up being cut, but that you're giving away also as a bonus connected with your newsletter. Do you want to at all talk about how you figured out where the right place to start the story was and kind of how you got to that point? (laughs) 
sure. The first chapter, I actually really love the first chapter. So I'm happy that I get to kind of share it in a different way, mm-hmm. but it's not where the story starts for Atheum, it's kind of more where it starts for Henna a little bit. And it gives you a little background into her relationship with her family, like her complex relationship with her stepmother. It adds a little depth to that relationship that you don't really get as much in the book. But I decided because mostly because of beta feedback, they were like, the beginning feels really long and the end doesn't really feel so long. And I was like, okay, like I can work this out. And one of the ways I worked it out was starting the story a hair into into it that's great advice I feel like so often it, we start where we want to start writing right <laughs> where the story <laughs> comes to us but that's not always actually the start of the story I've, I've heard a lot of writers talk about like ditch your first paragraph and your in your last paragraph and everything which feels a little excessive to me or like yeah. a little extreme sometimes but but I think it's very interesting and it's, more often than not we do probably write more than we need to at this beginnings of those endings yeah and we're still telling ourselves the story especially yes. if we're in like a in a first draft or an early draft so you you almost have to write it as the yeah. writer to figure out yes. what's going on unless you're like very organized <laughs> but I mean I think it's a good pra- would be a good practice to ask yourself when you're looking at like a final draft of mm. your book like what would happen if I took out the first chapter because mm. when I asked myself that I was like it would probably be okay. <laughs> no, it would still be okay. There was other chapters I took out too later when she visits Ribmet and there it was more extended, but it just was me having fun in a fantasy yes. world and didn't need to be there, unfortunately. We like to end by asking kind of if there's any advice you would give to other writers or maybe some advice that you've gotten that you are really grateful for that you feel like would help other people or... Yeah, I think the most important thing I've learned through taking my writing seriously over the past, you know, four years or so is that, so writing books are good to read, getting writing advice from other people is really great, but it's all just one person's opinion about what a story should look like or what a story should have in it. And of course there are important rules, but just take it all with a grain of salt and write the story you need to write. And, you know, if it's a mess, then it's a mess and you figure it out. It's okay. I got really hung up and like blocked by things like show don't tell. And, you know, like, Oh my gosh, I'm showing this, but like, sometimes it's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to show (laughs) everything. You can tell some things. So don't let it block you. Just Mm. do what you have to do and get the book written. So good. It's so true. I feel like it's so easy to get like sucked down the rabbit hole of advice and writing rules yes. and like, oh, one more writing book, or I'm going to just read one more thing. And sometimes <laughs> the best thing you can do is just sit down and write instead and just figure it out kind of as you go and through trial and error and finding out what you like too, because what those rules are might not be exactly what meets your taste mm-hmm. or the book you want in the world. And there might be other people who want that book too. And some of it's really depending on genre too. Like yeah, that's you'll find v- vastly different experiences across different genres so yes that's a great point well and I like that throughout the conversation I think what's come up is really write your way into what the story is like that's sometimes that's how you have to get there is just by Mm -hmm. writing it and I think we don't hear things like that enough that it's like okay the the first thing you write yeah it might not be what you keep but it gets you where you need to go 
Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice that you'd give particularly for indie authors, like who either want to publish their book, self-publish their book, or who have just self-published a book? Anything you've learned through that? Sure. I think you really have to keep going. So you have to have your mindset in the right spot and you have to not let not selling books bother you because that's (laughs) going to be the reality. I mean, I think for most people, unless you like throw a ton of money at your first book, which isn't even like the best financial decision to make, (laughs) um, you're not going to find hundreds or thousands of readers with your first book. So just know that it's not always going to happen right away. Mm. And I think it can happen if you just keep going and you just keep making smart decisions and connecting with other indies about like marketing advice that changes all the time. And eventually you'll get there. Yeah. You got to be in it kind of for the long game. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is not a get rich quick scheme (laughs) at all. (laughs) I I would make more money doing just about anything else. So (laughs) I was wondering about advice for people actually looking to get into freelancing. Sure. My experience was a little bit different. I started with Upwork and just kind of connected with some people. And then I got started working with like the same company mostly um, as a freelancer. But I mean, I think it's great because I don't want to put time towards like developing a freelance career. I would much rather put time towards my fiction writing. So if that's your goal, then that works out really well. But if you wanted to like have a large freelance career and that's like what you want to put most of your time towards then that's like a little different I think yeah maybe know know what you're going for with that great advice yeah oh well thank you so much Kelly for joining us we will have Kelly's um, links to her Instagram and website and all of that and books and all of that in the show notes so we hope you check check that out and most of you listening are writers and readers and so that affirmations for writers is just a really encouraging read for for anyone who writes so we hope you check it out kelly thank you for joining us all of you thank thank you for listening and we (laughs) hope you keep reading keep writing and keep putting your work out there Uh